Thank you. And at this time, I have the privilege to call forward, forward uh, Adam Fagan. He's one of our elders here at the church, and he's going to be bringing the word for us. So Adam, thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. guys. I'm just going to open up in a quick prayer again, all right? Uh, Father God, we, we thank you for today, Lord. God, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, your presence, your spirit, Father, that is always with us, Lord, never leaves us nor forsakes us, Father. Uh, we pray, Lord, today that as we look into your word, Father, we pray, Lord, that your spirit just meets us this morning, God. I pray that we can tune out the noise of the world and even my own voice, Lord, so that we can listen in and lean into you, God. Father, we desire to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I, I will say that's one of the, I feel like sometimes I'm cheating when I'm up here because I really do rely on the Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one of you, and he does. The scripture calls him our counselor. The, the one who leads us into all truth. So I could just be saying, blah, 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 blah. And I have the faith that God and the Holy Spirit that is working in you to complete the good work that he started will translate that into whatever it is that you need to hear this morning. So the pressure is off of me. And that's what I like about this. So I'm eager to share the word with you this morning, and I'm sharing something that has been really been burning and pressing on my heart the past few weeks as we've been going through this journey about our identity and who we are as a church. And so I'm excited to share today. Has any one of you ever looked into your genealogy or family tree, just by a show of hands? Anyone tried out like Ancestry.com or 22andMe? Find any surprises there? Anyone? Yeah? I'm sure a few, right? You know, in our culture today, the gravity of our genealogy is sometimes missed. You know, we live in America. It doesn't matter who you're born from or who you're related to. We're each given an equal opportunity to make choices, to get an education, to go to school, and our opportunities are limitless. But for most of the history in the world, that freedom didn't come lightly, and there are still many parts of the world that don't have those opportunities. So literally, who you're related to predestined and predetermined the outcome and opportunities you would have in your life. If your last name was a Smith, guess what you'd be doing? If your last name was a Carpenter, guess what you'd be doing? You'd be a Carpenter, okay? And so these are the things that we miss in America because we've all come here and we're living the American dream. We're able to come here, find opportunity, and do whatever that God leads us to. So who you were and where you came from had a lot more gravity throughout the history of the world than it does today. But still, learning about our ancestors, our family tree, our genealogy, our history is interesting. It stirs us, right? Because it gives us a bigger sense of who we are today learning about my father, my grandfather, and you know, all the way up the family tree gives me a better idea of who I am today and, and what they have done to, to bring me here, right? I'm here because of them. So it gives me a bigger sense of who we are as individuals and where we come from. 
Today is nothing but a snapshot of that, of who we are. But all of us have a much bigger story with our ancestors that have gone before us and led us here today. So we can also see how important our heritage is throughout Scripture. So we're going to get into it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. If you have your Bible or your app, you can turn there. We're going to be, for the most part, be staying in this Scripture, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, and we'll be working through verse 22. Uh, so if you want to turn there just to follow along, I will be hopping around a little bit, but for the most part, this is the base text. Verse 11, it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promise God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So all throughout the New Testament, we see the Apostle Paul's passion for sharing the gospel with the Gentiles. Right? You guys attest to that? <laughs> but this was something completely revolutionary at the time. This was a new revel revelation that Paul had gotten that had not been there prior. Because you have to understand that up until that point, the Jewish faith, Jewish faith was exclusive to Abraham and his descendants. If you were not related to Abraham, this covenant was we could not partake in that. So the descendants of Abraham had exclusive rights. So here are the three main tenets of that covenant. All right. The first one is the promised land of Canaan. The second one is the promise of numerous offspring. And the third tenet of the covenant is the promise of blessings unto the world. So the covenant that God made with Abraham was exclusive for him and his descendants only. If your genealogy did not trace back to Abraham, side note, through Isaac, then you were disqualified from that covenant. Kind of a bummer, right? Let's look at that covenant a little bit. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 9. Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have the continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to the members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. So that's pretty specific instruction, right? And that is what Paul is referring to in chapter 2, verse 11 in Ephesians, when he says you uncircumcised heathens. 
So this mark of the covenant that Paul is referring to, it's God's purpose in making this exclusive covenant with Abraham and his people was to make sure that when we look back through history, tracing the genealogy of his people, we can find exactly who God is. Here's what I mean by that. So you have to understand that when God first called Abraham, there was a lot going on in the world, right? Noah, there was a great flood, and you had Noah. Fast forward, Abraham, okay? And at that time, there were many different gods. People were doing all kinds of things. So God chose Abraham and separated him from the rest of the world because he saw him as righteous. And he said, I'm going to make a covenant with this man. And I'm going to set this person apart so that I can be known as the God of Abraham. And that everyone else will know me through him. That's what God said. So God saw Abraham as righteous and chose him to be his marker throughout history. You see, I almost think of it like a a street address. Okay? So, how do we find God throughout history? How does God refer to in the Old Testament? The God of God of Jacob, God of Moses, God of Isaac. God is referred to in the whole Old Testament as the God of these descendants, these people. He is setting himself apart in history from all the chaos that's going on as the God of these people. And those who were in the world and around Abraham knew God as the God of that person. That's, that's how he was identified. That was the name of God. And it was almost like I, I look at it as God's breadcrumbs throughout history, right? When you're searching for your faith and you're looking through, like God left these breadcrumbs through the Israelites so that we could trace back through history to see exactly who he is. He's the one true God. You know, and that's why in scripture, and I know it's kind of boring, I'm not going to say scripture's boring, but you ever go through all the begats, like so forth, begat so forth, begat so forth, you're like, oh, can I just fast forward through all of that stuff? Yeah. Like in Matthew chapter one, it's first thing it starts off in the gospel as the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It's so important. Boring, but it's important. Because it traces. It traces throughout history, like we're, we're talking like this, these people actually existed. So when I put my faith, yes, I put my faith in God and spiritual things, but I put my faith in history. I can hold on to history. I can hold on to the descendants of Abraham because they're real. They're documented. Okay. And no one can argue history. You can argue science. You can't argue history. Okay. It's there. It's real. These are descendants. And so God uses this as an avenue right to him. These people, follow the line and you'll find me. And who's, who's at the gate? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And it goes right up. All right, getting ahead of myself. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Where Christ himself has brought peace to us, he united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between the Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. 
together as one body. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our, our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done. You know, Paul, in his letters, he always drives this home. You look at it. This is something he's constantly beating. Galatians, Colossians, Ephesians, over and over and over. You were once separated, separate people. Now we're one. Okay? And he's, he's rebuking the Jews and the Gentiles to say we are now one people. And he had to constantly remind us that there is no longer this wall of hostility between the two, but that Christ's work on the cross has brought peace between us and the Jews and the rest of the world. And that God has established a new covenant through Christ by creating a total different people group. So back, back up a little bit. So there were, before there were the Jews in the Jewish culture and everyone else. They were pretty racist, okay? It was just us and all of you guys. They don't care where you're from. That's how it was. Me and you. That's it. They don't care where you're from exactly. But God broke down that wall of hostility through Christ. And that's what he's saying. And so he gave us a total different people group. So now it's not just me and you guys. There's Christ and his people. And together we are now one people. It's as if he had to make a new wineskin. Have you heard that before? Or a new covenant. You heard that before? As if maybe we have to be born again. Right? Make sense? Total new heritage, total new people group. So this new and old heritage gives us a new identity. A new identity that gives us peace and security to understand our faith in the context of everything that God has done. And to be able to point to it and trace it throughout history. This is real faith, guys. Look it up. It's history. We can point to this. We can grab it. We can hold on to this. And it starts with the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross and goes right to Abraham, right to the covenant that God had made specifically with him. Our new heritage and identity was then sealed and promised by God's own spirit. Kurt, this sound familiar? Ephesians chapter 1. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, which he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. God can't deny himself. And he's given you his Spirit as a guarantee of his promise, of his covenant that he has made with Abraham. It's a guarantee. His spirit dwells in each and every believer as the mark of the new covenant. And this is that mark that we're referring to. The Jews, their original mark was of the flesh. Our mark is of the spirit. This is the mark of the new covenant. It's the Holy Spirit that God has given to each and every one of us. His faithfulness, 
his kindness, his mercy, all unabound for you and I. You know, just side note, can, can any of you attest to his spirit working in your lives? Amen? Are you listening? Listening. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I feel like we forget how to listen. You know, scripture says, be still and know. Be still and know. You know, oftentimes I, I ask myself, you know, what am I searching for? What are you searching for? What is God searching for? Are we looking for the same thing? Sometimes we search for obligations. We're searching for tradition. What is God looking for? Looking for us. He's looking for me. That's it. He's looking for you. All he's looking for. He's relentless in that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You know, with a new heritage comes a new identity and ultimately a new family. We are a new people group, and that's why we're here today, right? Anybody want to raise their hand if they have a perfect family? Okay, all right, we got one. All right, that's good. Hey, we're not counting that, okay? Don't go, don't Jesus juke me, all right? I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, has anyone ever been to an awkward family party? Okay, all right, we've got some hands here, all right. Can anyone think of a, a relative in your family that's maybe a little bit crazy? Okay, all right, good, more hands. What about a, a relative who talks too much? You guys got those? Okay, yeah, you, you know who they are. You're... What about a family member that's just straight drama? Anyone got those? Yes, right. Yes, okay. And if you can't think of them, guess what? You've heard this before. You might be that person, right? <laughs> yes, you might be that person, okay? This is family. This is family. It's awkward. Some of us are crazy, okay? Some of us talk way too much, and some of us are just straight drama. But at the end of the day, we are family. And so often we come to church, and then we put this picture of what a family's supposed to be. It's an idea, right? This ideal picture of a family. And it's supposed to look perfect, and we're all supposed to be nice and play together and be happy and laugh and trade, you know, whatever. Not real life. It's not real life. So what does that mean, right? What does that mean for me? That means it takes faith to be a part of this family. It takes faith to love one another. It means that I can't do it in my own power because if I was, then why, why bother, right? I'm just go home. You know, I could just chill today on the couch, you know? It takes faith to be a part of family. 
It takes breaking the plane, lowering your walls so that we can connect. We don't all have to be necessary best friends, but we are one through Christ who sacrificed his life to create a new covenant, a new heritage, a new people. We are once far from him and have been now called to him. I'm done. That's it. I was going to, I'm like, no, nah, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave at that note. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Let's just repeat myself. But that's the truth. All right. And that's the point that I wanted to make. You know, we all share a new heritage, a heritage that is rich in promise, rich in blessing. God has made a covenant with Abraham to be a blessing to his family and to the world. Are you a blessing to the world? We have access to this. And this is what Ephesians talks about. If you, look through that, if you look through the whole chapter, we have access to spiritual blessings that we aren't even aware of. And it's because of this inheritance. It's because of our identity of who we are. We are sons and daughters of the king. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Father, just for your sacrifice on the cross, Lord. We thank you for this new heritage that you have given us, Lord. We thank you that we can look to you through your son, Father, and find hope. We can find peace. We can find life, Lord. We who are once far from you have been brought into your graces, Lord. And we're thankful for that. We don't deserve this, Lord. <laughs> but you deserve all the praise, Father. All the glory, all the honor. God, I just pray, Lord, that as we go forth from here, Father, we, we leave with a better sense of who we are than from we walked into these doors, Lord. And that we can use our identity, not just to love one another, Father, but to love our neighbor, Lord. To reach out beyond these walls, God, and to love our, a person at work who's struggling. Someone, someone who crosses our path, Lord, throughout our life. I just pray that you continue to bring these people into our lives, Lord, so that we can step outside of our own selves and be the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.